friends at Survivor.com. It's me, Mario. <laughs> you guys, number one. Welcome to a special Friendly Fire Show spoiler cast of Resident Evil Village. Uh, ben is not with us, but I am Steve from Survivor, and I have two amazing, dare I say, uh, Resident Evil experts with us. Um, Jeremy Pryor and Alex Aniel, like Daniel. I can always get so terrified about saying your name, man. Um, it was perfect. Good job. So I shouldn't Bonus have called points. attention to it. That is not how I say it in my head. So that's good to know, actually. I had to ask him. So it's not like I'm smart. I, I just checked the one time. Uh, Alex has joined us in the past. Jeremy hasn't. So I'm going to get Jeremy to introduce himself first. Uh, my name is Jeremy Pryor. I allegedly am a fan and collector of Resident Evil based items. And uh, oh. I I'm a QA manager at WayForward Technologies. We make video games. I, allegedly. I got into video games because of Resident Evil. <laughs> allegedly. Was, was yeah, yeah. Allegedly. allegedly. I don't know what you're referring to. Yeah, My, what could what could it possibly be about you that 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 makes us question whether you're really a Resident Evil collector or not? We decided to go without video for this, but uh, Alex and I can both see uh, the or the A or the uh, original Jill Valentine costume from Resident Evil Apocalypse. I don't know if there was multiple, and you and you have one of them, or maybe that's the only one, and you are like the the god collector. But that's still impressive, <laughs> nonetheless. I don't know why I'm trying to make it seem like it's less important that way. I, from what I recall, when they sold them, they had at least four. But this was the only one that was fully intact with her like sweater that she wears around her waist for one scene. Like the other one had a ripped sweater. One had no sweater. And then one was completely burnt up for a scene they cut out of the film. So I think I got the best version. Well, clearly it's pristine. And something that yes. I also like that's, that ties into Way Forward is that you have a, a little bit of a, a say on achievement names, which I think is, is quite yes. lovely. And uh, you've managed to maybe sneak a couple Resident Evil references in just here and there and everywhere. Whenever I get the chance and it makes sense, I will throw in it. I did pitch on a title recently. Uh, what was it? The um, uh, Wesker's line from Resident Evil 5, complete global saturation. Uh, they did not go for that one, but I try whenever I can. Master mm -hmm. of Unlocking is usually the easiest one I could get in there. And it's, it's, it's an oldie but a goodie. The other voice that you've already been listening to and hearing to, and you're probably familiar with, especially if you like Resident Evil, is Alex. So take it away with your self-promotion, sir. Uh, yeah, good morning or good evening, wherever you are. Um, good to be back, Steve. Uh, had a lot of fun on our last podcast about the, the book that I wrote. So I'm glad to be back here today to talk Resident Evil Village. And how is the book going? Very well. Uh, the feedback has been pretty much universally positive and the community has been very responsive and very positive about the book. And, and on a near daily basis now, I get comments from people about how they, they've read the book, how they're learning new things. And 
it, it's it's taught them a lot of uh, interesting, uh, I guess, factoids or background information about the development of Resident Evil that these people did not necessarily know about uh, before they read the book. So I'm really I'm really happy uh, with the feedback so far. Um, there have been a few remarks uh, that have been also very helpful in terms of maybe improving the book in a future iteration. And, you know, those comments have been very valuable as well. So it's, it's been a great experience. And I think uh, people outside of the UK can buy the book on Amazon starting in July. So just a few, two more months before, before it's available everywhere and not just in the UK. If you don't call future iterations like itchy tasty X or something, I'm going to be very upset with you. <laughs> But we'll get there, and we'll talk. We'll we'll talk X sequels later. Director's cut, gold edition, <laughs> super turbo, dual shock, <laughs> dual shock version. Even though it's not needing a controller. Anyway, <laughs> we have a lot of game to talk about, and we're going to go full spoilers. But we've kind of decided, as best we can, we're going to do it in chunks. So if you're listening to this and you haven't quite finished, um, we'll kind of take the the story in sections with the idea of you can kind of figure out where you are in the game and stop listening if you don't want anything beyond that ruin and we'll do our best so we might slip up but you know we'll see how we go um i will give you a very quick synopsis of the story and how i've viewed it so jeremy alex feel free to interrupt me and tell me that i was completely off the mark if i am uh and then we'll have a little discussion about that section and then just keep continuing so Time's a waste and let's get into it. Resident Evil Village starts a number of years. I said two. Jeremy's already said, I think it's three. And he's, I don't even know why I'm saying I think he's right. It, 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 he's right. Um, it's uh, opening up with Ethan and Mia in their newfound European home. They have a daughter named Rose and they're just having a daily slice of, of evening life. Uh, Chris Redfield with his arms and trench coat of gory barges in shoots Mia a bunch of times with his newfound uh, military squad, which we will get into later. Uh, he takes Ethan and Rose very quickly afterwards, the vehicle that Ethan and Rose are is traveling and crashes. Ethan wakes up. Uh, everyone's gone. Rose is gone. His, his handlers are dead. So he sets off towards a village, perhaps a titular village, depending, uh, not even depending. That's what the game is called. It is a titular village. Uh, he's quickly attacked by werewolf-like creatures. I'm not sure when they're called lichens, but that's what they're called. They're led by a really big one who frankly looks like he just needs a bit of a shave and some, some manscaping going on. Uh, a bell chimes in the distance and magically all of these attackers stop attacking Ethan. He sets off and finds some other survivors, including a, hus a husband, no, a father and, and daughter, uh, and then a bunch of other people in a house. They speak of someone called Mother Miranda. And as is the case with an Ethan Winters Resident Evil, all of these people just quickly die. So they're long forgotten. Uh, Ethan will head off then to the Castle Dimitrescu on the search for Rose. He runs into a very large merchant named the Duke. And that's where I'm gonna stop the synopsis and we'll have a bit of discussion and you guys can, I, I have some points, but you can talk about whatever you think is, is interesting. I guess where I think we start off is just talking about what's happened since Resident Evil 7. So we've got Ethan and Mia have at it. What do you, what do you want to talk about you guys? Uh, I mean, I, I enjoy that we pick up sometime after and that their relationship, like 
it's clear that they care about each other, but it's also very tense because of everything that happened before. I enjoyed that element that it wasn't just ignored, even though, you know, it is three years later. Maybe you don't need to bring it up at every dinner, <laughs> especially if you know that it just upsets her. Um, but yeah, yeah. They had some very large bottles of wine. So if you're drinking that much wine, maybe you just have angry conversations every night. Maybe you just can't avoid it. Uh, there's a good possibility that he's an alcoholic now. I mean, if you interact with the wine bottle while holding the baby, he even says, oh, when you're older, we could have some wine together. And I was like, no, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Would you keep a Mr. Everywhere in your house? Or would that just be traumatic? That's, that's what I would like to know. I think the noise alone would drive me I don't the think edge. I saw that. It's, oh, it's up there. Yeah, it's on the second floor. It's kind of like I an Easter egg. Near the side of the spare bedroom. Spare bedroom, yeah. <laughs> I would that, that, that that early part has a lot of hints as to what you'll end up running into later in the game. Yeah. So Ooh. you know, it might be tempting to speed past that initial part in the in, in the Ethan household, but if you do explore, you do get a lot of interesting background information, particularly on what transpired between seven and eight. <clears throat> yeah. Like I like, I like all the little details, the pills in the bathroom that doesn't even have a voice line, just a text line. And the, uh, I mean, there's, I feel like when I played it, I thought it was kind of unmissable, but like every time I watch somebody play it, they walk right past the music box. I was like, that's kind of relevant as the game progresses. I missed it the first time. I, I think I was like my third or fourth time when I heard the Mr. Everywhere and then I went, I must find this. It could be a goat. I must track this down. <laughs> but um, it wasn't and I was very upset. But, you know, that telltale noise will be forever burned in my brain. Um, what do you think of Chris? I think he looks a lot better than he did in, in Not a Hero. I think it's, I don't know. Like I Oh, no, no doubt about it. I mean, it's not, for me, it's not a matter of looking better or worse. It's just that the face in Seven was way too different and yeah. very immersion breaking. And given the context in which he appeared in, in RE7, I, I, do, I do think it's a good thing they went back and um, adjusted the design. Right. Yeah, it's an easy fix. That. There was some sort of weird biohazard that like just dropped half his body weight from his body and, you know, made his face <laughs> look a bit different. And then in the, in the subsequent years since RE7, he's been able to put on the weight again. Like all good. He's like, a, he's still built like a brick yeah. house. I don't know how he finds the time to go to the gym that much, but we had COVID. I think I put on weight, but not in the, not, not in the way that he did. I put it all in the wrong places. Um, oh yeah. Do we talk about the village? I think we have to talk about the village and yeah. like connections to RE4. Do we start there? That's probably the easiest place to start. It was basically the, the same thing in terms of like the frenzied encounter, the bell. Is that good? Is that bad? What, what do you guys think I, about I, that? I will say the first time I played it, when it got to that point where it just said survive the horde or whatever, I immediately was like, oh, oh, it's that scene. So there's going to be the chainsaw guy. And that's like, whether I kill him or not, I'm sure I can. And I'll get something for it, which in the end was an achievement. But it was like, I, I probably can't right now because I have almost nothing. And I made a point of just trying to avoid as much combat based on that. Like it immediately was like, I, I get that I can't do much here outside of Survive. Uh, but yeah, it immediately made me think, oh, this is Resident Evil 4. I, I, I remember this before. And then everyone went to Bingo. Yeah, I mean, pretty much a throwback to that specific part. And I mean, even RE5 had that 
kind of dynamic yeah. in, the, in, in its version of the village, which people seem to have forgotten about <laughs> in this discussion. So this is really the third time Capcom has tried to do this whole village siege thing. And I think it was pretty good. I think it can be a little unfairly hard at the higher difficulty levels. Um, mm. I think, especially when, when the big baddie shows up, which I was not, you know prepared for on my early run through uh, in the harder difficulty modes. But I, I do think it was probably one of the m- most tense situations the series has had since RE4. So it doesn't quite top it for me. I think, um, I don't know. I guess if you're not getting chased by a guy with a chainsaw, which you can hear, right? No matter where you are, I guess the yeah. tension kind of drops a little bit. Uh, even if the enemy himself at the end is, I think, pretty cool. But and like the R five hammer, R4. yeah, I would I would say it was a lot closer to that in terms of the the structure of the enemy and the design. It's it's I, it, like we had a review. We've talked about that encounter. I didn't have as much problem as, as Luke did, you know, triggering it. But I for the first playthrough, I stayed under the house because I kind of I'm a lot better with third person action than I am with first person. I tend to get a little bit like turned around somehow. So I was like kind of stuck under the bottom of that house for a bit. And then I was in a position where I just had people attacking me. So I eventually like ran out of ammo and was just using my knife and like hoping. And I killed enough lichens that the big bad was outside, but I couldn't see him. I could sort of hear him stomping around. And it kind of just took me to going outside. And as soon, cause I'd killed so many people that by the time I got outside, I didn't really see the giant guy i just got grabbed from behind and you know like whatever that's fine continue on um on the harder difficulties if you go it's go back into that house that you started with a, the step breaks you can basically just hang out there and you, no one comes from behind so all of the, your attackers just like choke point up the stairs and if you have like unlimited ammo as an example it's just like you just shoot at things mm. coming up the stairs so i don't know it's kind of broken in some ways but if you are doing what you're supposed to and kind of running around and it works well, but uh, yeah, I, I still think four is the most effective, probably just because it hadn't been done before. Yeah. I, I yeah. will say uh, that ladder that you climb up to get on a roof. What I do is I climb up there and then go around by the chimney and duck down and enemies will try to grab me and can't grab me. So I kill them that way. That's, that's the place where I found is like the best little, <laughs> looking cranny that they can't really touch you and you could see the big guy down below but he doesn't ever jump on the roof like that's one thing i'll say is resident evil four and five like in four you were being followed everywhere by that chainsaw in five the areas could be broken into and the big guy would get in there as well whereas in this i did feel like well the houses are safe even being on the roof for some reason in the cutscenes, he jumps up there but in the actual game he doesn't so i feel like the lichen themselves are a bit more of a pain in the ass to deal with than the basic enemies in the other games, but the big guy is significantly less of a threat to me in that area. Yeah, it's surprising how it's 2021 and Resident Evil can still have relatively basic AI that you can cheese, right? You know, by finding <laughs> the right spot. It feels a little old school. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I actually have to see if I can do Village of Shadows without infinite ammo. Like, I have not even tried it yet. It's just, like, even, I mean, actually, like, I tried 
with an infinite handgun. Um, the M9711, is that the handgun, right? I think. 1911, yeah. yeah. 1911, sorry, yeah. And I did a, I, I did a weapons guide. That's the only reason I know. <laughs> I, couldn't, I, I couldn't beat uh, Village of Shadows' siege sequence with the infinite handgun and an infinite grenade launcher, for that matter. Like, I, I, I could only do it after I got the infinite wolf, Wolfsbane. Wolfsbane. Yeah. yeah, no, I made the mistake of, uh, I listened to what the game said, and it said that there was another gun that was more powerful than the Wolfsbane. So I bought that and fully upgraded that and sold my Wolfsbane. And mm. immediately regrets when I found that it was taking two shots to kill everything. But so that's on you because Xbox, you should always know that Magnum trumps everything. Unless it's like a linear launcher or something. Magnum trumps everything. We're running it's, out of time, it, so I want to keep pushing us forward. Sorry to cut you off. My bad. Um, quick talk about maybe the emphasis on action in this version it's a first person game seven was very slow a lot slower not a hero kind of you know picked up the pace again how how do you feel the transition went to a more action-oriented um ethan winters game did it work did did, were you struggling for a bit did it click i mean we got re3 last year and that was pretty action-oriented so i felt like that blunted the transition in a lot of ways even though they're not the same style of re game um, obviously we, we play them as they come out. So I felt like we had gotten a nice preview of what an action RE game can be like uh, with RE3. And I feel like they went, they went a step further with village, which is great. I think, um, I'm not a huge fan of the action oriented parts of the game, to be honest. I do think they're easily the worst sections of the game and not to say they're bad. I don't think they're terrible. It's just that I, I, I do agree with the people that say that, when you have a first person Resident Evil, the slow, more methodical and more focused approaches uh, work best. And I do think that's reflective of, of the best parts of Village, which are not the action oriented sequences in my opinion. But I think there's been a lot of, there have been a lot of people who, who've, you know, legitimately believe that the action sequences are the best uh, parts of the game. You know, difference in taste. And I can, I can respect that. So, yeah, I mean, I wish I, I wish we had gotten more of the slower parts, but I don't know how you feel about that, Jeremy. Uh, I I like that's it's difficult because I love the action sequences for what they are, but I also love the slower parts. I think I'm a little bit more forgiving on the action parts in this game because it was a thing that in seven you just had to learn at some point the block mechanic, which was very powerful. And then in this one, it wasn't, I think it was the demo that I didn't know it was a thing, but in the demo, I did a block and then mentioned, oh, you can now follow up. And I was like, oh, okay. And that just became the way that I played through this the entire time. So it's like, this is a much more faster thing where I'll let an enemy come at me, block the attack, push them back, and then go into gun mode. So I enjoyed it, but I also do, like I will say that the beginning before that whole siege, I loved the tension of not knowing what was going to happen and feeling like I was being hunted, not knowing what was around me. That was much creepier and that kind of goes away once the siege happens i frame that question horribly and i meant it like more like like an action and 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 slow is definitely a good way to have approached it i kind of more meant like third and first person but i then brought in that other weird element i like that capcom gave like it's like oh ethan's been training and that was like enough reason to be like <laughs> he he's a lot he's more capable so we've we've he's meeting the challenge of this you know higher action-packed content regardless of where the camera sits obviously i think i'd still prefer if it's going to be more shooty shooty to be in third person but i think they capcom handled 
that transition and that elevation very well. We're, we're, we spent like 20 minutes talking about the first five minutes. So I'm pushing us forward. Castle Dimitrescu. I'm so glad we know how to say that now because uh, that's not how I would have said it in my brain. Uh, Ethan heads to the castle. He's captured by the four lords. We get a sort of introduction to them, but we'll meet them later on. Uh, we also get a proper introduction to the leader, Mother Miranda, who is definitely not good. I don't know why these poor people in the village you know, thought she was helping them in any way, shape or form. Uh, Heisenberg wins a chance to, to kill Ethan and he does it in a James Bond style where he fails miserably and lets Ethan go, essentially. Uh, Ethan heads back into the castle and meets Lady Dimitrescu and her three daughters. If you asked me to tell you their names, I would fail. Uh, the daughters are all kind of dispatched first due to a weakness to cold. Uh, there's, I guess, a puzzle involving collecting four masks to get out of the castle and continue on. Uh, doing so triggers the Lady Dimitrescu boss battle in which a dagger is referenced and like action movie used, like pulled out and then immediately like dropped. Cool. Uh, and she's a dragon or something. I don't know. Uh, and in finishing her off, Ethan finds his first flask who I, I guess this might be a spoiler. So if you're not sure exactly what the flask is, just stop. But I'm going to just go there because I'm not sure where to introduce this otherwise. Um, the flask is Rose? Or is the essence of Rose? Or it's, it's literally her body parts yeah. taken apart. But preserved, she's not dead because of the mold. That was, my, oh. that was my understanding. They... Yeah, I mean crystallized the baby after they kidnapped her and then they broke her, broke her to pieces and then they put him in the flasks and they separated the flasks i didn't like this plot point i just thought it, it was really nonsensical it could have just been for anything you need four right? things to go and keep saving rose i still don't understand what's going on and if people can find like all these like lore things to make it make sense to me i'm all for it but i'm like i am completely confused by that and I'm i mean glad i like just me i like the castle a lot though that was probably my favorite area of the entire uh game because i i feel like they really nailed that remake style um pacing when you're exploring a building and you end up you end up unlocking doors and ending up back in places you were in before and i really especially aesthetically as well i, I did get a lot of remake vibes from from certain areas of the castle and i do think in a lot of ways it was the perfect size um but also the the other thing i was worried about before the game came out was whether it'd be too similar to re forest castle and luckily they're they're both european gothic castles but they're nothing alike which is Pretty remarkable, thankfully. Um, I was getting more like Code Veronica mansion-y kind of vibes from yeah, from the castle, yeah, which I liked. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> especially the the old private residence. Definitely, like even the color scheme was kind of similar. I think so. Yeah. Would be nice so if they remade Code Veronica, huh? <laughs> <laughs> J- Jeremy, I'm going to ask you the question that. Um, like I'm scared to ask because I don't know how it's going to go depending on the person who I like it's everyone will have their own answer I think do you think Lady Dimitrescu and her daughters were overhyped for the parts they actually played in the game compared to what happened before we had our hands on it uh well first off I'll say Daniela and Bella are two of them I don't know the third one <laughs> I can't remember Sandra yeah that's right 
A, B, C, D. Alcina, oh. Bella, Cassandra, Daniela. That makes sense. That's, That's a clever. tidbit from Itchy Tasty 2 X DualShock version. You should have <laughs> saved, you should have held on to that for, for later. Well done. Uh, Sorry. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, I, my mindset, I think the first, I think the first trailer they really showed her actually interact was when, like, in the castle, Ethan's spying on her on the phone kind of bit. And in that very first scene, she says, Mother Miranda. So I immediately was like, oh, Mother Miranda must be the true antagonist of this game. And when it, like, I think before it came out, I talked with Alex. I was like, I feel like she's like Ramon Salazar of the game. Like she's a section of the game, maybe 25% because it seems like there's a lot. And that was before I knew like the four lords that we saw, I'd only ever seen Angie, the puppet, like twice in marketing materials. Like, oh, I don't want to know anything more, but it's weird that I haven't seen her or this other guy that's with her at all, really. I've only seen Heisenberg and Lady D. So I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not sure what to make out of this, but I expected each of them to be a portion of the game. I do think the minute the internet saw her walk through a doorway, they <laughs> immediately loved her. And Capcom ran with that, like to their credit. And it makes sense. Like they're like, yeah, isn't she amazing? But I do think it also did set some expectations that she was a much larger role in the game as well. It's that super mm. hype machine where like she's a tall, sexy vampire with like tyrant claws. So she's definitely a tyrant as well. Like 100% guys oh. don't even worry about it. <laughs> Something yeah. I do like about. So I think the daughters were completely wasted in one hand because they were like cool and scary. But then like they like jump on you and basically like they're done, like combat done. But I, I also, on the other hand, love it because it was clever. Like it was a neat way yeah. to 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 scare you, to get you into a combat encounter, and it wasn't just like a get out your magnum and shoot eight thousand times. It was like a, you know, like and there wasn't like a glowing orange orb on you know one of their shoulders or something. It was a cool way to introduce a problem and have you kind of take care of it. I would have liked if maybe there was a little more variation on how each of the three was taken out, as opposed to like break a wall not shoot a window but i like that and i kind of liked it better than a lot of the boss encounters in general yeah i the first one surprised me i, I was not expecting like i tried to run out of the room and i was like oh oh no i'm locked in here uh and they already gave like the clue of the window so it's like okay let me shoot the other one and then i just kept fighting her uh the second one that i went towards was the one where you open the skylight and that one threw me for a loop at first. Like, I didn't understand. I didn't realize that it closed again. And suddenly she was back and doing all of her abilities. Like, what, what's happening? But it surprised me. And I'd say each instance, I was not expecting for, like, the sub-boss to suddenly be there. So I, I, I did enjoy it overall. It just, it was weird. It, it was unfortunate that they did go so fast. I'll say that. And then we have the more traditional Alex, the... I'm now a giant or blob just put magnum rounds or whatever you have into me. Was that mm. a fitting end? Like, I don't know what else they could have done. I don't know. It was yeah. kind of like, I mean, it was pretty much within expectation. <clears throat> the, 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 I mean, it's just like RE4, which had ostensibly three Lords, right. It had, um, 
Bitores, Salazar, and Krauser, right? And they all had their own domains. And this was just like that. They had they had the extra lord. He had a fourth one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, everyone pretty much behaved. I, I mean, the actual encounters, I, I do agree, like with the witches, I did not expect that little mechanic of freezing them to death actually being a thing. Um, but it, it's really... Those are pretty entertaining fights, especially when they're like uh, when you finish them off and then they 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 I don't know they plead they plead in agony right not to die and it, it's really satisfying to to finally kill them right after taunting you for for that section of the game. So if they dropped not only crystalline torsos but heads and arms and legs, you could put them in containers and eventually bring them back to life. No, I'm not. We're not doing that. Um, the other thing I just like, it's a video game. Of course, it's like this. Why didn't Lady Dimitrescu just maybe like get rid of all of the windows in the castle? Just board them up or just why even have that? Anyway, questions that no one's answering. Um, <laughs> after the castle, something that I just wanted to kind of talk about more because it's interesting and probably one of the, my favorite things about Village is that this kind of starts the ability to start backtracking to certain areas of the village or, you know, obtain a well wheel, well wheel, to start pulling up wells to, you know, like notice that you need something to get to that boat at the dock over there. Um, backtracking was probably like exploration and, and treasure finding. That was probably one of my favorite things to do in village. And I can't imagine you guys have very different thoughts on the matter, <laughs> but tell me if you do, or if you just want to talk about how much you loved it. Hmm. Um, I was disappointed that we can't go back to the castle at all after we leave, which I thought um, I can understand why they did it. Cause if there's nothing to find there, they don't want you wasting your time. But I do think they could have easily made that into a thing where you could go back to the castle, find some extra treasures or pick up the things you've missed. I'm not, I'm, I wasn't really um, a big fan of the, of, of, of like the exploration they made you do in other areas. I wish the castle was still like, you could return to it basically. <laughs> Small complaint, but something I, I, I definitely noticed. Well, and it would just have taken like Ethan doing a voiceover saying like, oh, I've done all I can here, but I can go and, you know, have a look, I guess, if I want. Or the Duke being like, you know, you're finished here, but, you know, it's your castle to go explore. You have a look around like they, they could have gone around it. I agree with that. Yeah. And I mean, they could have also just put like extra sub bosses technically in the area. I mean, there's a point you revisit another point later on and they just add a sub boss out of nowhere. And it's like, Oh, that's not expected at all. Um, so I guess they could have technically done some stuff with the castle of like, Oh, she's gone. And now something else is in here as like a complete optional longer extension of it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I did also like, I liked the roaming around the freedom that there was. And I did agree, or I do agree that uh, the first time I was like, Oh, I could go back to the castle in case I missed something. And then, saw that I couldn't and like at that point it was just like oh, oh I get it you've locked me out because that that lord is done now I know that's just going to be the case and I have to be more mindful moving forward but yeah it would have been nice if you could at least advance there because I mean logically there was nothing like the only place you wouldn't be able to get to is where you had the boss fight yeah well and like you could get back to and I'm, I'm kind of skipping ahead but the the house Benev Beneviento like you can sort of Thank, thank you. You can sort of go back and you, get and you don't miss anything. 
And if yeah. you like, there's collectibles, there's goats, but it's a spoiler cast. There's goats. If you miss the goats, you can kind of go back to where you need to get the goats. If you miss one in the castle, next playthrough, sorry, too bad for you. I think, I think you could only get back to the elevator though. I don't think you could go back through the elevator. Yeah. But like nothing that you could miss in terms of that type of thing. Yeah, there's you no. Can get, you can get back to the areas that you kind of need to you, for those you can't, purposes. Yeah, you can't use your gun or any weapon in the basement, right? So there's no wooden goat to break. Yeah, right? yeah. The only the only goat you could lose there is the one like right next to the house. I think you can always go back there, though. No, you can go back. You can go back if you need to. No, no. The, I'm sorry. I mean, the elevator to get back. Once you leave her zone. That elevator to get back to her zone, I couldn't get back in. Oh, oh no, really? yeah, but there's nothing. There's nothing there. Oh, oh, oh. There, there's a goat. There's a goat like right to the side of the, the house side. by the waterfall. So where you, you mean you get locked yeah. out where you put in the photo? Uh, no, you. I, no, maybe you do get locked out of the photo. Actually, I know that I huh. couldn't backtrack all the way house because you told me there was a goat there, and I was like, oh, I totally missed that. I could just walk there, and I was like, oh no, I'm I can't go there anymore. I think because we don't know the answer, none of us are, are, we've all had our Resident Evil expert status revoked. It's anyway, <laughs> just try to get all the goats when you can. Um, something that I like, I liked the treasure thing. I, it's obviously a very direct reference to Resident Evil 4. I just liked finding treasures and realizing, oh, I have to hang on to this one. Or like, oh, I'm like, I'm 20 lie short of something that I need. And I could just sell this now and get that like quick hit right, right the second. Like Louise's necklace I had in my inventory for most of the game until I realized, because it was it's sitting there as a key item and not a treasure. So I didn't think to look at it for some reason until like almost the end of the game. And then I realized, oh, there is a treasure inside. And oh, there's a key. Oh, what's this key for now? So I liked having those little like things to encourage me to explore the areas and, and figure out all of its secrets. But it would have been cool to backtrack. Till, I didn't find that till the second playthrough. Because I, I saw the chest that you needed a key for, and then I just kept going. And then the second playthrough, I was like, oh, I never found the key for this. And just digging around my inventory, I noticed, why is there a necklace and key items? Like, I assumed that I sold it last time and didn't ever think anything of it. Well, and I could go, like, going back to the Louise's house, and, like, a couple times there aren't huge bosses, but, you know, like, oh, here's some magnum ammo. It's like, uh-oh. Like, thank you, but also... <laughs> why if you're giving me magnum ammo something something's not happening something's going bad very quickly which i like, like. Magnum ammo and the grenade launcher round was like right there that was like oh this isn't great <laughs> let's move on so we can get to that oh, um, uh, actually real fast one thing that we kind of just skimmed over was donna and angie's area oh did uh, i get them in the wrong order because that's yes. what i was doing next well then <laughs> oh okay then never mind well, let's go to there well um, what I'll try to do right now is move that section up. And um, if you're hearing this bit, I've done it. So this will just be the acknowledgement that I'm an idiot. And if I forgot to do it, then you understand what's happening anyway. So sorry, Donna and Angie, arguably the coolest bit of the game, in my opinion. Um, so he doesn't go to Moro first, he goes to Moro third. You know what I mean. Um, he runs to this area that we were sort of talking about already, though if I've edited it, it's now behind. Oh God, just don't make it confusing, Steve. He gets How to the cool- How many times have you played this game? I don't know, too many. He gets to, I've been playing Mass Effect too much. He goes to 
this cool like lucas like area is the best way that i want to describe it it's like a, a little mind game uh where there is a puzzle that involves a mannequin a whole bunch of weird stuff some really good sound a creepy baby uh and a boss uh, like an easy boss fight but like a boss fight that i feel is like appropriate to the the lord so i'm cool with that um and he gets the third flask. So I don't know why I was being like very like coy about what was going on, but I, I liked the cool mind game, terrifying giant baby puzzle thing. What did you guys think of it? Second flask. Second flask. Oh, cause I have third flask in my notes. Cause I'm an idiot. Thank you. <laughs> Second flask. Um, well, while yeah, we're I... correcting Steve, it's Dimitrescu, not Dimitrescu. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I just don't say it. I, I... <laughs> <sighs> anything I'll say else and i know it's wrong anything else anything else quickly hit me while i'm down <laughs> um, uh, I, i'm sure we'll find something <laughs> <laughs> my, my mistakes aside did we like uh, this cool like very different section of the game without like now, as alex was saying now people can stop wondering what pt would have been like <laughs> i mean it legitimately I walked in that thinking, yeah, this is this is PT. Like this, whenever people are like, oh, RE7 is just PT, I'm like, it's not. But this section definitely is. There wasn't uh, a crying baby. Oh, now there is. So there. <laughs> I, I do, I will say the only two criticisms I would have towards that section, and they're both minor, because I love the section. I think it's very different. I mean, this game has a lot of very different sections. Um, but this one particularly is... Uh, really well done. The only thing I don't like is the, the puzzle. I've played the game 11 times. The puzzle doesn't have any random element to it. So every time I was like looking at the arm, I'm like, doesn't make sense to look at the arm or the eye. Yeah, um, you can you can skip most of it once you memorize the pattern. Uh, it, the fact that I have Ethan and Mia's wedding date burned into my brain now. <laughs> That's never going away. Um, and like yeah. it's it's not a requirement you don't have to pick up the ring you don't have to yeah. wash the ring you just need that number so just, once you have yeah, that number yeah. like yeah the, um, the baby is terrifying but the baby to me is exactly the kind of same thing like i know now that i can run to like once i have all the pieces to get the elevator going i can run to the elevator and the baby's behind me and then it just stops so you can yeah. turn around and look at it and it just like goes oh i guess you won and then stops and then if you take two steps backwards into the elevator that's when it like kind of teleports to the door, like right in the way of the door and starts wailing, which is terrifying the first time. But like once you see the game and see the tricks, like it's it's yeah. very less effective, sadly. I, I mean, I still I still love the section. I will say the only thing was I think at this point, I think I was talking to both of you and I said to both of you specifically, this better not all be a dream. I better not have got in a car accident and I'm like dying because I don't understand how any of this is happening yet. Obviously they, they offer an explanation, but I was just like, I, this isn't, this can't be explained by science. It was my first reaction when I was playing it. Like the Donna and Angie bit specifically, like how he somehow comes under a spell and doesn't have his weapons, but then does again. Like, I still don't understand well, how he got to the position that he was in. Like, is that, is yeah. that Donna? Is that her power? I thought she could just like control dolls. <laughs> She can control the dolls, which they they establish early on, but then like they don't really establish until after the facts the hallucination element. So it was unclear to me, like the baby didn't make sense to me, and the uh, the fact that they had a bunch of stuff like the music box from the beginning, like I saw that and immediately knew what it was. And I'm like, 
well, there's, there has to be an explanation. And like the ring, when I watched the ring, I immediately knew to look for something. And when I saw it, I was like, but how would they know the wedding date? Like, this is his, their ring. How did they get this? I was so confused the first time I was playing it. Cause I was like, this can't really be here, but I didn't realize it was hallucinations. Like, even though there was like a little, you could examine a flower, like a page that showed a flower on it, but there was no text on that. Like the hallucination stuff really didn't get explained until after that. So I was thrown for a loop as to what was happening. And I was very terrified that the game was going to pull like this. Oh, no, you're dying. The more I think about it, the more confused I'm getting. Like you can, you guys can see me on the video as we're recording this. And I think I just have like this dumb found. So the music box wasn't there. He was solving puzzles in his brain. Yeah. None of those. I mean, I, like technically i guess the mannequin could have been there and it could have been similar but like it couldn't have had his actual wedding ring or her actual wedding ring on it i mean i guess i guess it could have been stolen from mia but as well, it goes the items the, music, music the items the items disappear after you're done with a section so it's like That's you true. never had yes, it yes can it be there so he hallucinated a photo of like bloody Mia there's so this is kind of where to me the cracks started to appear I really love the sequence especially playing it blind on the first time and the same goes for Moreau even the same goes for any sequence in the game Mm. but then when you stop and think about it this is where to me they start kind of they work really well as their little sections but then like as a cohesive whole I struggle to kind of like find the connective tissue and it's just like, here's a really cool thing we could do. Here's another really cool thing we could do. Here's a thing that's like an homage to RE4 squished together to make video game. But anyway, we're probably getting into like the end thoughts. So we'll keep going. Anything that you wanted to add about the, I can't even say the house. So you can say the name of the house, Alex, and then tell me. House Beneviento. Thank you. Anything you want to add? Uh, no, uh, not really. I, I liked it a lot. I like the music that plays in, in the quote-unquote boss battle. Um, yeah. And I, I won't say the title of the name or the title of the song because it's a French, it's a French word and I don't want to butcher the pronunciation. Um, but Your this pronunciation track is only goes so, so far. good. I think it's um, Promenons nous dans les bois. That sounded pretty good les to me. Bois. I'm les not going to try to correct I, I think it. I think it literally means like walk us through the woods or something. Um, and I love this track. It's just like, it's very, I don't know how to describe it, but it plays when you're hunting down Angie and, yeah. and it's, it's really one of the most well done tracks in the game. if not the whole series. So uh, I have to listen. two notes, actually one would be, it's funny. The puzzles in this, in the actual area don't have RNG, but Angie has an element of RNG during that boss fight, Yeah, which was amusing. But, uh, also, can you, I, I'm not positive, but can you actually lose that boss fight if you just take too long? Yes. Um, okay. They start attacking you if, like it's all not the like dolls? an instant. I mean, I don't know about Village of Shadows, but they do start to attack you if you take too long to find Angie. Like they, I think they, they, they just start slashing you with their, with their, with their oh, knives or whatever. So you can't, you, you can't take too much time to, to, to finish that section. Did and she even says it. She, yeah, even... she she gives you the warning. So I wasn't positive. Yeah. I just never I never took the time. Did you let the baby catch you? 
once. Well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't let the baby catch me once, but um, I tried to run around it and <laughs> it like swallows you whole. It's like a really cool thing to see. It's gross, but it's like, oh yeah, I let that happen once. And then I ran around again. Um, I feel like Eisen- there were a lot of more interesting deaths in this game actually too. Like animations for when you die. Like oh, I, I didn't have... like, like Lady Dimitrescu when she cuts your yeah. head off. Right, and you you can kind of see the body slump as your head falls onto the ground. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't let her kill me. I'm too good. I didn't That's either. So people people are posting stuff on YouTube, and it's it's really funny to see. I super struggled with the Village of Shadows when there was the extra. Oh, I hate that they they throw the troll enemy at you just so you can't run away. Two of them, and I thought I was Unhindered. in the clear, and then the one got up and lunged. I'm like, oh, I'm dead. And as soon as you take a hit, you, you're too slow, and she'll catch up to you because it's Village of Shadows. Um, with both of your permission, I'm going to pretty much skip most of Moreau's section because I don't know if there's a lot to talk about apart from running around, fighting creepy mind goo man. And there's an instance with Chris, but in true Chris fashion for a majority of the game, he kind of just like comes in he's shot your wife up to bits and he doesn't really care and he's kind of angry at you for For being angry at him (laughs) (laughs) like that was like half a day ago guy get over it like she's dead like okay but we don't know what's happening there yet so we're gonna keep we're gonna just keep going on unless there's anything about the moreau section that you guys i just want i mean it's less the moreau section more going back to the whole chris thing but you know, if he took two minutes to just explain the situation, I feel like Ethan is of the mindset where he could probably play along given what he went through in the previous game. So if, if Chris maybe sent him a text and he's like, hey, Ethan, you're in danger. Take Rose somewhere. Don't tell anybody. And we'll meet you at this place and we'll take you to safety. Then... <laughs> I feel like we wouldn't have a game, but oh well, you know. <laughs> he went from he went from Rose is alive to Rose is dead to Rose is not dead. She's in flasks to Rose can be resurrected in like ten seconds. So he like he rolled with that punch pretty quickly and very easily. So if Chris had something to tell him, I'm sure he could have kind of like dealt with it in a very reasonable fashion. I don't want to go too far ahead, but I will say like Chris gives a reason but by the time that you encounter him it, before Moreau that reason doesn't make sense anymore like it's beyond that point it's like at what? that point he should have just told him anyway Heisenberg which is another I think pretty skippable thing there's a giant factory there's a stronghold there's a huge action sequence at the start but we'll get into action sequences later on so we'll just save all those action sequence thoughts um this multi-level kind of puzzle thing finding molds to make keys and cogs happens there's multi-levels of a factory where you fight you run into Chris who finally tells you what the hell is actually going on and that is mother Miranda took the place of Mia she was living with you for reasons to to steal Mia or not to steal Mia to steal Rose eventually but I don't know just maybe she was just missing some some home cooking and just wanted to have giant bottles of wine or whatever so she that's she's there do you guys think they I mean well here's the thing 
I see the question come up a lot. And on one hand, I'd say, well, you know, maybe. But on the other hand, the way that she acts through that whole opening makes it seem like we're coming in at a point where they're very tense. And maybe that is like, I, I kind of feel like he probably isn't getting much action right now. Aww. Well, they have a new child. There's that one line, I forget what the line is, but it's like, she kind of turns and goes, and it's like super pointed. And it's like, oh God, I'm sorry. Maybe it was like, we'll never talk about that, you know, the past again or something. Like, I don't know. I just don't, none of that works for me. Um, we're not even at the end of the sequence yet though, because then Chris gives Ethan a, a giant shooty, it's like a twisted metal car and says, go and shoot blow shit up yeah so and the 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 actual glowing orange orb boss fight um ethan wins and then passes out or dies or dies and passes out well he gets his heart ripped out of him well yeah i don't know but he can i I mean how much minor minor amazing blood circulation um so i guess do we talk about Ethan's predicament now or do we save it for a little bit later? What do you, do you want to like, where, when are we, we're going to talk about it. When do you want to talk about it? You don't want to talk about the factory and the stronghold. Do oh, talk about the factory and stronghold. Mm, um, I didn't like those sections as much. Quite a lot of people apparently do. I think Jeremy was pretty positive about the, the factory, especially I, I don't like it because I just feel like it's tonally at odds with the rest of the game in a manner that's quite unnecessary. Um, like I said earlier, I feel like focused games with specific directions often turn out better. And, you know, people might say, oh, well, you know, the, the tanker in RE7 was very different. And that's true. But I felt I didn't feel like the tanker threw anything at me that that felt out of place at that point. It was also um, the worst part of RE7. So it's not a high I mean, mark to hit. I think the fair enough. Worse. I mean, you know, fair enough. I, I'm not saying it was as good as the Baker estate, but I, I, RE7 doesn't throw that twisted metal um, Rocket League or whatever. Um, <laughs> was it Rocket League? One of those big games these bus, days. Or, where you're just like shooting tanks. Like it reminded me of one of the bosses in Super Mario Odyssey, right? <laughs> as well. And you're just shooting things in a tank. And I'm just like, this has no depth to it. And I, I think they could have gone with a more um, interesting boss fight with Heisenberg that did not involve that. Yeah. I don't know, like, have you faced him and you have to shoot the metal stuff he throws at you, you know, before it hits you with your gun or you have to hide behind something and aim for the weak spot? Like, I feel like they had a lot of potential for for you know a humanoid boss fight right but they just kind of decided to cop out and go with i don't know what you'd call that thing the resident evil blob boss tm all all the achievement descriptions just call them mutated and their character name iron Uh, giant or whatever they call them the thing is like they, they they hyped him up more and he kind of had a bigger part in the story to play for some reason even though he was like, and he was, I guess, more powerful than Lady D, but like infinitely more boring and just like, eh, like, I don't care about, I just want to get you done so I can keep going. Like, you're not, I don't feel like you're, you know, conniving or smart or any good. Like, I'd rather 
he be the first person that you fought as soon as he kidnaps you as an example or you know like plays with you with this giant spiky thing right and like I mean, lady I like d the, have like, like all this character. limelight i like the character a lot uh, heisenberg for sure uh, he's definitely especially the voice acting is really good and i think he he was portrayed really well so i don't have a problem with the actual character i mean i can see why he might not have fascinated people as much as lady d did um i love i love that he wasn't really going to betray you like he actually like has like offers you this position and because ethan's like no screw that like they have that scene where he kicks them and then grabs them and says hey this is your last chance and he's like yeah no i'm gonna go fight the monsters now i was like oh i appreciated that because that's not how i expected that play out i was expecting him to be like no ethan's an idiot he fell for it Ethan's an idiot for seeing that hole in the floor and seeing the chair and still sitting in the chair, but that's besides. He pushes him down, okay? To be fair, he forces him. He has metal powers. What are you going to do against that? Metal powers. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I probably interrupted uh, just being no, no. talking about holes. Let's, let's call him Me- Mecha Wiggler because that's <laughs> who he reminds me of uh, in Mario Galaxy. Or Odyssey, rather. One correction... I do not want to say, I don't want it to be known that I like love the factory section. Uh, <laughs> I do think the factory is probably the weakest part. On, on more playthroughs, I'm now just more fine with it. The first time I played it, I was like, this is very bizarre. Um, and I think I mentioned to at least you, Alex, where for me it was like, this feels like Resident Evil 4 plus Bioshock. Up until mm. the, the, the like boss fight feels like Wolfenstein or something. Before that, it feels like Bioshock. Like there, he's talking about revolution against Miranda. You have all these not big daddy monsters that he's made, and you even have like an audio log at one point. But it, yeah. unlike Bioshock, Bioshock had like the horror of what happened. I to me, it's just like oh yeah, no, he just grabbed some ghouls and he experimented on them. I, I'm not really that infested or terrified of them. I was more annoyed by their those enemies than anything else uh like i now i'm more okay with the section overall but at the time yeah it was it was my least favorite section easily on my first playthrough i'll take the factory over the stronghold any day i don't i don't okay, think the yeah, stronghold I mean, totally fits and like the, the cool is... bit to the side with the mill and the like cool little like mini boss and like the room full of meat like if that was somehow expanded a little bit more like that that was cool and then you get to yeah. the stronghold and like now i know you can just basically run past most of it and it doesn't matter <laughs> but like eh, don't the like stronghold it. is so short to be so it's it's so short i found it relatively forgettable yeah yeah like or i conflate it with the factory almost because they take place very close to each other uh but it's the last it's the last real area except for Chris's where you can fight lichens and and such so it's could have been better yeah I'm, I'm trying to keep us to time so that's a good segue to talk about the next bit which is the Chris Call of Duty sequence where he's you know pun- oh he's not punching nice. boulders they talked about punching boulders in the Heisenberg fight but he's he's not doing that this time around he's he, just he could punch a, he could punch their heads off which is cool he should have just punched that like house on the tree thing that he was trying to paint with the laser for, you know, carpet bombing. You should have just punched it. Um, to, we'll talk about that. We'll just get through all this quick. There's a connection to Umbrella after he, you know, finds the meta mycete to the mega mycete to the muta mycete. I think all three of those words are used. Muta so, muta mycete? What is it? I think muta mycete is the small one and mega mycete is the colony of them. Yeah, I think so. I just call them all Megabyte now because I can pronounce that easier. 
No oh, nigga, my feet. That thing, the the mushroom. No, it's not mushroom. It's not mold. It's I don't know it's a fungus. So, so it's not connected to Evelyn. It's not connected to the well, mold from Resident Evil Seven. Kind of because it's no, no, it it's like native, but it's native it's, to. It's, it's a very. It's what they took to make Evelyn or all their type A through E series. Think of it. Think of it like the progenitor virus being the um, the base virus for every virus that that came after that yeah pretty much i mean not 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 exactly the same but the same idea like they yeah because they they reference it in seven when you get to the where you make the what is it the it's not the cure it's the killer the whatever uh they have like a file there that talks about how oh yeah we found this thing and they have like it blacked out on where they found and stuff like that it's like oh okay like going into this i expected that that's what this game was going to be about. And Spencer obviously hung out in the village and hung out with, with Miranda <laughs> and they, they, they had some disagreements. So they parted ways, but Miranda still felt it necessary to put umbrella logos on like a lot of things in the village. Well, For some reason, I can't stole, fathom either. He stole their logo. He saw their umbrella symbols. Like, you know what? That's mine now. And yeah. potentially had a romantic relationship. I'm not sure the way he talks to her. It could have, who knows? Uh, I, I will say that that felt like a weird, goofy excuse to use the umbrella logo. But I also, like, it made sense in terms of Spencer was going around for so long trying to find the secret to life or immortality. I'm like, I guess it makes sense. But boy, does it feel like forced just to have the umbrella logo there. So everyone's like, how are they connected? I did get excited when they first revealed Village and that logo was so like they, you got me yeah. Capcoms. Um, <laughs> Chris finds Mia's alive. Miranda didn't kill her. Then Ethan, we go back to Ethan and I don't know, dead, alive, mold, superpowered. We'll get to that in a second. Ethan kills Mother Miranda in a very traditional boss fight. You just shoot at her. Like I don't think there's anything spectacular to, to mention there. Uh, and then we get an epilogue. I'm going to say around 15-ish. 16-ish years into the future? Well, that's, that is how I interpret it. But I mean, Evelyn rapidly aged, so they could always use that excuse if they wanted oh, to. Yeah. I kind of hope they don't, though. But I also am like of the mindset of, if it is 15 years later, I wish you wouldn't have referenced Chris in a way that makes me believe that he's still alive and fighting this fight. Oh, God, he'd be like 75 or something if that's the case. So maybe she did it. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a 15 or 16-year-old-looking Rose who yeah. seems to have the powers of Evelyn, I guess, is the best I mean, way to summarize I, it. I, I'm trying to think of the subtext here with like the sniper and the, the fact that, that they have a sniper pointed at her at any moment, which makes which, me want to believe that she probably doesn't age quite like a normal human being. Yeah, which, and I, that's fine. I also associated immediately as a sniper, but on replaying the story, I was like, well, it can't be a sniper because like, He's like, oh, yeah, no, she's where she always is. I'm like, they didn't have eyes on her, but then they suddenly have eyes on her. So I'm like, is it like a satellite laser that they have trained on her or something? Well, uh, it's, it's definitely a sniper. I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't overthink that part necessarily. Um, they didn't know where she was. A, if it's a satellite, they can probably blow up the entire vicinity, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what they do, though. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if it's only been like three or four years, but then she just kind of ages like that. And I think she has all her knowledge because the mold allows people to communicate with the dead. 
Yeah. Maybe, sense. maybe there, maybe in, in, in some future RA game, they'll be like, yeah, Rose is actually an incarnation of Ethan. Well, and, and I mean, Evelyn it, combined, right? Because <laughs> we, me and you had that discussion, Alex, where like during Miranda's fight, Miranda specifically says Rose is the purest version of Evelyn. And she's mm. trying to turn her into Eva. And it's kind of unclear if she even succeeds. Like, it's unclear on who Rose is at the end, but, like, she's wearing her mother's wedding ring. And she's reading the Village of Shadows book that Miranda read to her and not Mia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I don't know uh, what you are right now. Like, I don't know if you're an antagonist or a protagonist. Do you, you think, seem good. Do you, do you feel confident that Capcom fully knows, or did they just do this to kind of, like, get you Listen, excited? Listen, when I... When, when I started to think uh, about it, I was like, okay, so the next game, we're going to have her, Sherry Birkin, and Jake Mueller team up as super-powered heroes to fight for the BSAA or whoever the good guys are in this one. I mean, after that RE3 epilogue, I like have little faith in Capcom's ability to make actually good epilogues these days. <laughs> or even, like, has there been a good Resident Evil epilogue in the last three or four games i want to say no uh, i mean re6 had that uh, one they never followed been... up on revelations 2 had that really screwed up one. Oh yeah with, where with she's natalia being possessed by by what's her face have they followed Alex up Lester on any epilogue and... well and revelations one had an epilogue that didn't account for anything in the end right yeah that too um i mean that's I like why that. i'd say if they did say this was 15 years later, it wouldn't matter because we might not ever see the character again. Yeah. My favorite ones were like, we're going to go get Umbrella and then RE4 rolls along and it's like, we got Umbrella off screen. Don't oh, worry about it. That was actually, that's one detail we didn't really touch on, but this game in that last act just introduces, oh yeah, the BSAA, they're not so good anymore. All right, time to head to HQ to get this sorted. I'm like, well, that's never going to happen. <laughs> So Chris works for the BSAA still, because sometimes that was confusing. Yeah, he, he so, works. He's a subgroup or a group, a splinter group in them. The Howl like Wolf Covert squad. Ops or something, because like the BSAA doesn't seem to realize that they're also there. They're, can we talk yeah. about their names for a second, though? Not that I can remember half of Chris's squad's Tundra. names. <laughs> Double Eyes. No, what's it called? Someone, someone Eyes. Amber, Umber Eyes. Umber Eyes. Um, yeah. Tundra. The fact um, that he calls himself Alpha, though, just makes me want to vomit a lot. <laughs> it's just like, like, just incel like culture, like all the stuff you've been hearing in the news, like, kind of comes out. I'm like, oh god, Chris, like any other name, buddy. Just he's, any he's older. He doesn't realize. Well, we need to Alpha. educate this poor man. Alpha. I just, I just think of the Walking Dead character Alpha every time I see that name. Um, and yeah. It, it's not flattering. I'm only assuming they went with it because he used to be on the Alpha team. Yeah, it's kind of a nice callback, but it's, it has such different like meanings now, I guess, with how... Can, can, we go, can we go on a rant about how useless Chris Redfield is just as a character in general now? So we danced around the issue of like he, if he would have just told Ethan what was going on at the start, problem solved, to the point where there's actually a comment in the game where one character says to him, mate, you should have just said it. And like yeah. acknowledging that doesn't make it okay. Like that doesn't resolve the situation, Capcom. It's just like, yeah, we know. It's like, yeah, well, you know, maybe you should have worked around a better way. I mean, to... 
even if we take that part out of the equation and we kind of let Chris roll with his, with his idea, his plan, it's a really stupid fucking plan. <laughs> like when I finished the game the first time, I was like, if all you had to do was blow this up, why don't you just do that to begin with, right? Instead of going through all this drama, right? Like they knew, I think they, they had to have known where the village was, right? Even before yeah. the game started. They had yeah, to. Think. Right. Well, they found it very quickly somehow if they didn't they were, know about it already. They were in the right country, at least, you know, which, which, <laughs> which, which leads me to believe that they should have known better. And, you know, they, they didn't even need a nuke to finish off the Mega Mice right? They just planted an explosive and, you know, yeah. like it's all done. And I was just like, Chris, your plan was dog shit. Like, this was the worst plan I've ever seen in a video game. Just so much needless death and suffering. So Chris's team knew that Miranda was Mia. Miranda knew that Chris was involved in the Winter's lives. Maybe Chris could have just, like, gone to visit and mentioned it to Ethan or... You know, like or like taking a text and message. Look, run I, away, I said this earlier. Or maybe not I said this 50, earlier. Yeah. Send, you know, get on your phone. Right, hey Ethan, you're in danger. Take Rose with you, and you know, rendezvous here. We'll BSA will pick you up. Don't tell, don't tell Mia, please. I don't. And then I don't remember. I don't remember if this is the scene where Chris talks to Ethan about it, or if it's the scene where he's talking to his team. But it, when he talks to Ethan, he does mention that he didn't want Ethan to know because he didn't want him to get involved. Now, that logic gets thrown out the window once you get to Moreau because at that point, Ethan's clearly involved. But at one point, they I think it's after, after his Ethan's apparent death, where he says that he didn't know if uh, Ethan and Rose were also infected, and that's why they were taking them. So it's like, I, I can kind of understand, but it's still a flaw. Like it, It's clear that they want you to know that Chris fucked up, and he knows that he fucked up and to some extent i actually kind of appreciate that only because they haven't done that in the gate well i mean they did it with six never mind i'll take it back they did kind of do it with six before that oh that means he'll have another I, drinking problem yes i can't I, wait I for i think i prefer it in this game sm- over six's version though now it's a smoking problem right no no that's not a problem that's a that's a nice callback to what we lost out in america we could have them smoke I also would just like to make a quick call out to like that stupid sequence. Once you get back in control of, or when you take control of Chris, and he's like, share your screen and let's have like a five minute exposition dump, but just in case people are very confused about what's happening at this point. So I think that's where they, they explain his whole, like, Oh yeah, I thought they could be infected. And I was like, I guess, but like, wouldn't they just turn in the lichen or something? Like, I don't know what happens with the infection in this game in regards to that. So I want to wrap this up, but then we're already here. We're talking about overall thoughts now. I think really good bits. I think cohesively garbage. I think the characters were written super poorly. I think that there's so many plot holes and just inconsistencies, but I still have played it like 10 times. So it's a Resident Evil game and I'll still play it. I love it. I think it's a good game, but I think there are a lot of flaws that I hope are actioned in sequels i think that one of seven's strengths was the way that paced itself and that the writer 
kind of like it's the writer from fear i totally forget his name um had more of an idea of what he wanted to do whereas this one just kind of feels to me and i don't know if this is true but it feels like capcom just took a whole bunch of ideas and went how are we going to make this spooky and actiony and scary and this and just kind of went game have it um i've said my piece though you I, guys have no it. i i largely agree with a lot of what you said i think it's a great game as well i gave it like an eight eight and a half out of ten which is which is a great score um and i just think more focus would be good and a less ludicrous setup, right? <laughs> like, I feel like, I mean, I feel like the whole Chris bit is so bad. It, 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 it makes you want to invest less in this as a game in terms of like how it relates to the other REs, right? You know, like even the ending has kind of a cliffhanger with the bad BSAA. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. You know, when you have people like Chris running the organization or whatever, you know, it, it's big surprise that it goes bad, right? I do, I do agree with you that we, we have, not we, but Capcom should probably be a little more focused the next time around, even if it means going back in the action direction. I do, I do think, you know, the company got bruised with RE6 and the reception, but I do think they seem to have a formula that has the potential to work. So if they can pursue those more ingenuous or, you know, the, the ingenuity of that, of the current RE design and, and make RE the action RE kind of mold with it very well. Then I think, you know, it could be a very, very good uh, follow-up. I'm ranting at this point, but yeah. Jeremy, save him. Uh, I mean, I, I'm of the mindset gameplay wise. I think the gameplay is fantastic. I do agree that it does feel unfocused, especially that first playthrough. But I also find myself going back to it more frequently than I expected. I mean, I played the campaign 11 times now. And I'm like, I, I don't get bored because it is shifting focus in weird ways that I wasn't expecting. Uh, Storyline-wise, uh, it, it is the most bizarre. It feels even more kookier than anything I remember in recent years of the series. Um, but I feel like I'm... I'm a little bit more forgiving only because I feel like a lot of the things that I don't like about it are things that felt like people criticized about seven. And this feels like them trying to account for that. Like a lot of people were really mad that like Ethan is just an average person. That isn't a good enough explanation. So then in this game, one of the things they do is say, Oh no, he wasn't average. He's not been average since the beginning of seven. I'm like, well, that kind of sucks to me because it takes away a lot of what seven I appreciated. But at the same time, I'm like, I know why you did. So I'm not it, that upset. The crystal baby thing was really weird. The mold, and Mia knew, like, I don't know how, I guess Mia knew because she was infected, but like, she knew she didn't tell anybody. She still cared about him and also had a sexual relationship with him, knowing that he was just a mold man. That's a little weird. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it is really something I, I personally thought about. You know, I don't, I don't think it's right to say, you know, your genetic defects should prevent you from having kids or whatever. But at the same time, it's like, yeah. <laughs> or know. did Mia do it to make mold baby? The, impl the implications still... on, the, on the gene pool of two bioweapons reproducing is yeah. at, at, she like... at, it's a discussion point. <laughs> and she knows like she knows what he is that's what makes it way more questionable to me because it's like she's a what potentially cured or not maybe she's an old person too it's kind of unclear 
But well, we yeah. need we need to see half of her hands being continually ripped off and reattached to to really know <laughs> what what her deal is. I think. Um, Should they have yeah, killed no, Ethan? Are you will you be surprised if Ethan mirac- miraculously somehow I'll exists? I'll be mad if he comes back. I think like I liked him as a character, but I uh, that's one thing I really appreciate is that I've said a lot of times where the one unfortunate side of returning characters to me is I know that they're safe because I know that Capcom's not likely to actually kill them. And especially not as like a failure. If anything, they're going to get a sacrificial death. Now in the end, that's kind of what Ethan got to some extent, but his initial death, like there was a point where when it starts going through Chris's, I was like, and he's like doing the laser focusing. I'm like, Oh no, Ethan's, Ethan's dead. You, you got me. You, you had him fail. I really appreciate that. And they're like, Ah, psych. He's not. But then he's dead again anyway. Yeah, he takes <laughs> he, a lot of abuse. His, his his last hurrah. Yeah. Which I I guess I'm still fine. It wasn't it wasn't as bad as like Ethan stopped the bombing of Raccoon City by sacrificing himself. Like it wasn't he's the biggest hero of all time. He saved his kid at the expense of his own life. And I like, okay. I I appreciated that narrative. And I do hope he stays dead, though, because if not, that death is meaningless. And yeah. technically, he was already dead. Like, he's he's not Ethan Winters really anymore. He hasn't been for a long time. He was already dead, but he can procreate, kind of, yes. question mark. What, I, what the hell? I'm, Who knows? I'm curious if they ever will touch upon the Duke more, because the Duke knows so much, and it's quite unclear what his actual in-game or goal was in that title. And I think he's char- charismatic without having to have had like giant like obesity problem. Like I don't know, like that. I don't like the character design because like that's that's not what makes him unique. It's very superficial. But like he he was engaging and and he had enough mis- mystery about him. I don't think it like he could have just had a trench coat on and been like, oh, what are you buying? And it like it still would have had the same impact. So I'm not I'm not a fan of the the need to have like spilling out of clothes like gut. But whatever, that's a choice that was made. Um, we've taken too long. I want to give you guys back your day. Um, Jeremy, you went first. So Alex, how do we find you on the internet? Should people wish to follow you if this is their introduction to you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I am CVX Freak on Twitter and Instagram and various communities online related to games. So you can find me there. And uh, I will make sure I've linked to all the ways that people can buy your book, which is amazing. Mm, thank you. I'm glad you... Glad you like it. Jeremy Pryor, how do we find you on the internet? Uh, just Jeremy Pryor. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, using my normal name now. That's good. Yeah. And R-E-B-R-E-B-H fun. Hashtag, yeah, yeah, right? No, yeah. Hashtag R-E-B-H fun. You can find me through that. <laughs> what's, what's wrong, Alex? <laughs> I don't like that hashtag. It's so corny. <laughs> Uh, resident but, evil biohazard fun i i will like, say really? the one benefit of it to me was i mean that's why i started posting my collection was because they started doing that and then i met a lot of people like me and steve met just because of resident evil 7's demo yep on playstation um but like uh, i mean me and you alex we largely met because of rebh fun i think and he, reg- oh, okay. he, re- he regrets I mean, using the hashtag every second just because of it. I know, I know. Right? I mean, I, in my head, I met because you introduced us. 
right? Steve, I'll take us. I'll take credit for for matching. Although, I never I never yeah. personally associated you with that hashtag, Jeremy. But if that's yeah, how you no, think we fair. met, then then that's I love fair. it already. I like the hashtag because it does <laughs> let me see a lot of Jeremy's collection, which is insanely impressive. So if you haven't, don't yes. use the hashtag to find it. Just go to his Instagram directly because you'll have a lot better access to his collection, like the aforementioned Jill Valentine outfit from um apocalypse that you can't see because this isn't a video this is just a podcast but um it's amazing go to his instagram and find it i'm closing this up you can find me on survivor in other places jeremy alex thank you so much like i you guys are the best and we never get to chat like this so thank you for doing it not only just for fun and also like for people to listen to after the fact so thank much you appreciated. for having us yeah thank you